They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, the journey of an entrepreneur. Welcome. Very excited here to have Jim Steinmark of Patriot Softwatch. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Jim is a, well, we've known each other for a lot longer than our cohort. Right. We just happened to. I like, had all these old friends in my cohort. It was kind of awesome. I know. It was great when we all walked in and saw each other. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it was very cool. So tell us about, first let's talk about Patriot Softwatch, what it okay. is you do, and um, how long you've had this particular company. So Patriot Softwash is a company that I started. I started it five years ago, but it's been operational for the past three years. Okay. Uh, started it became operational in February of 2020. So I think we can kind of equate what happened during that time frame at the same time. <laughs> so wow. it was an immediate challenge. Not only was it a brand new company, uh, a company of uh, operation that I had never done and never had that kind of a background, but then we got to uh, to grow it through COVID at the same time. Okay. So we started it, uh, I did a lot of research, and the way I found out about it was, um, so I'll kind of back up just a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, I spent a, quite a few years in the military and the Air Force. Um, I was a special operator uh, in the military, and then I was in the reserves for a while. Uh, and then I had uh, information technology background. I worked for Compaq and Microsoft and Dell and uh, Sabre uh, was the last one that I did out in South Lake. And I was responsible for international uh, delivery and program management for um, seven different countries. Whoa. Yeah, $440 wow. million dollar implementation budget. Um, and so we put in um, software systems for airlines um, in United Arab Emirates, in India, in Italy, in Germany, uh, Australia, Serbia, the Seychelles. So all wow. of my travel, uh, I was doing 48 to 50 weeks a year of travel, and it was all international. Oh Did you get gosh. to bring anybody with you? No. Other than my team. I feel like that should be a perk. <laughs> I know. If you're traveling that much, you're, you should be able to bring yeah. your spouse. Right. And if your spouse is traveling that much, you should be able to go to cool places with them. Uh, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> so I, I got to see a lot of cool places, yeah. you know, being in Berlin and being in Rome and the Seychelles in the middle of the Indian Ocean was just fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily that I was there for a day or two. I'd be there for a week or two. So I had plenty of opportunity to see what was going on. But in February of 2019, there was a big shakeup in, in Sabre, change in their uh, executive level, uh, which I was a part of, uh, the board of directors. So consequently, I was out hanging out my own shingle. So first thing I did was an IT consulting company, which I still have. Still have yeah. um, I still have that one. Um, and then I was really looking for, I started looking for a franchise. Mm -hmm. And I liked uh, a couple of different ideas, not the typical Chick-fil-A because they tell you where to go and you have to move for them and that's the only thing you can do so it's not passive income or you know kind of a secondary investment so that one didn't work for me McDonald's was too hard to get in all those big name logos were just too hard to get in so I was going to some business mastermind classes and, and some conventions and uh, I went into one and I saw this group that they were just so so happy and they were congenial <laughs> and, and they liked being with each other yeah. and they go out and come back and just have a lot of fun so I started talking to them a little bit and found out that they were 
window cleaning companies. They were floor cleaning and restoration companies. They were um, roofing companies. So it was all entrepreneurially spirited in the service industry. And I love the service industry anyway because I'm customer oriented. And I really, really focus on leaving experience. So I started doing a little bit more digging and found this one um, group of cleaning companies called Soft Washing. And I started researching a little bit of it. And it's a safe alternative to pressure washing. So when people think about, well, I need to have my house cleaned, I need to call a pressure wash company. Yeah. That's what everybody thinks, right? Because that's just the awareness. Yeah. But if you pressure wash your house, majority of the time you're going to cause damage because of the pressure. You're going to get rid of the growth, but you're also going to get rid of paint. You're going to get rid of stone. You're going to get rid of mortar on brick. Um, so there's um, there's a guy in Florida that developed this process uh, called soft washing. You hear a little bit more about it now just because it's becoming more uh, prevalent. Uh, so I spent a little time studying him, and I knew him through another friend of mine. So kind of like three degrees of separation. So Tom Ziegler is a friend of mine of the Ziegler uh, Corporation, and he introduced me to Howard Partridge, who I'd been studying anyway. So Howard is somebody who teaches small business owners how to grow a business. So he introduced me then to this guy in Florida, uh, A.C. Lockyer, who developed this process. So I studied him, talked about the equipment, started pulling some money together. And after a couple of years, I just finally had to pull the trigger. And uh, I bought my first truck, went down in January of 2020, picked it up, and then drove it back in February and started looking around. What am I going to do now? <laughs> yeah, that whole, like, I got to sell this thing now. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Did you license it from him? Or, like, did no. you? Oh, wow. Okay. No, so. it is. Uh, the only thing, it, there, it's a network. It's an okay. affiliation. So it's not a franchise. It's not licensed. Uh, there are some trademark uh, releases that have to you have to use. So if you look at the spelling of my name, uh, the company name, it's Patriot Soft Wash, being one word, Soft Wash being one word, and it's a capital S and a capital W, so the soft and the wash stand out. He trademarked that, so I had to get a release from him. But other than that, the affiliation with the network is just that you agree to follow codes of conduct and make sure that you uh, follow the ethos of the network and don't disparage it and as a result or um, as a, what they do for you then is they put your name on their website so if you go to softwash systems then you'll see my name on the map in dallas fort worth awesome so unlike a um, a traditional franchise what like is it your initial investment and then do you do you pay them a percentage? Do no. you know there was no buy-in? It was but you get part of their support system. Right. So okay. so the reason I went into the port support system is because they offer uh, almost a turnkey type of yeah, training yeah. solution where they say, okay, this is the best way to set it up. Here's your marketing. Uh, here is your brand, um, you know, guideline. And it, it's not like a franchise where they say you have to use these colors and these sh salt shakers and these right. colors of chairs and types of chairs. It is um, we serve the customer first and, w and there's no territories. Um, so the only thing is they um, ask for you to buy their soaps and chemicals to stay oh, in ah, okay. So yeah. that's That's it. cool. Yeah. Uh, use the equipment that they produce, but you're not exclusive to that equipment, but you're silly not to because yeah. it's the best in the industry. 
Well, because that tried and true. Yeah. I was trying to figure out, I was like, how are they, how do they keep their business successful that you're able to grow your own? And it it is to to leverage the the, um, materials and the- And the training. And they have training. training. Yeah, they have online training classes, so certification. So there's a couple of differentiators when I go and I talk to my potential clients that I talk to them. Number one is everybody is a full-time employee in my company. So there's no day laborers. I know exactly who they are. Um, I've hired them, I've vetted them, I've done a background investigation. They all wear um, a badge that has a QR code. We were talking about that earlier. QR codes, yeah. So the customer can uh, walk up and scan that QR code and they find out about our company, that we are registered with the state, that we have workers' comp and liability insurance, and that you, Courtney, have been background checked and here's the date of your upgrade. So it's not like I did you uh, upgrade or your uh, background check three years ago mm-hmm. and nobody's done any checkup. It's an annual thing. Oh, wow. So that's, you know, another distinguishing factor. But the other part is the training part of it. So every step and every task that my crews go through, they've gone through online training and certification. Then they get trained and certified on the vehicle itself for all the equipment and signed off by the lead technician and ultimately myself. So it's not just somebody just yeah. comes off the street and just jumps on the truck and starts blasting yeah. away on your house. That's awesome. Well, there's a lot of thoughtfulness. That's even just what you were talking about. Michael. There's a great deal of detail that's going into having someone work for you. Right. So, yeah. so were those sort of um, already instilled in you as, you know, working for different companies? Or do you feel, feel like the um, soft wash company um, set the groundwork for you and that's what you follow? Because it seems like you've got a history of, like, you know, being a good leader and having a good understanding of how to run a business. So how did those those things collide for you? Yeah, it's a great question. So I would say that my uh, propensity to have customer orientation it existed before Softwash. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was looking for companies, that's where my head was going. Does the culture and the ethos of this organization match what I believe in? Mm-hmm. And what I believe in is taking care of the customer. And I always, I always talk to my my folks and say, we're not a transactional company. We don't go to your house, Aaron, and and clean your pool deck, and then you'll never hear from us again. You know, we we tell you up front, we're going to keep you in a database, and we're going to keep touching base with you. And, you know, as much as we can, we want to know, hey, Aaron, you know, you were involved in rescue of Rottweilers, so we want to... You know, when there's a Rottweiler um, rescue day, then we're going to say, hey, congratulations. We're so glad that you That's do this awesome. for our yeah. community. So, you know, you've got you've got two kids or you just moved into a new house. Congratulations. You've been in your house for a year. So we're developing that relationship. And, and that's what I was taught when I was working for Digital Corporation, Compaq, before they got bought up by HP, mm-hmm. Microsoft. I was, I was leading consulting organizations and we were relationship building. So we were consultative in the way that we sold mm-hmm. and we brought solutions. So we found out what the pain points were. What is it that you need to have solved? And I brought that mindset and thinking into my business. It's real easy for me to go. And there's some, been some times where I've been called and said, we need to have X done. And I go out there and take a look and I don't do, I'll back up a little bit. The process that we have is we go and we meet face to face and we have a consultation with our prospective clients. 
We don't do online quotes. We don't do Google Earth quotes. Um, we don't do drive-bys, yeah. and this is what I said. We want to talk because there are some times where they think something needs to be done that, that does not need to be done, or they're unaware that we can help them solve this other pain that they might have. Oh, I didn't know that you could take care of that, too. Yeah. You know, somebody has paint that was overspray on the driveway. Well, we can remove that for you. Oh, you can. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of things that we want to show them what our portfolio is. Yeah. So I about like when we were talking about questions, I'm like, let's not talk about COVID. But (laughs) it always it always comes comes up. up. And I want to go through. Okay, so you launched this business February. The world shuts down March. Right. I'm assuming you're technically necessary. Yes. Okay. But you can't network. You can't really go out and hustle this because everything. So. Talk about your process through this, because not only is it I've got to keep my business alive, but I've got to start my business right. through this. Like right. It's a little, little different. So I tapped into some of my network that I had already established yeah. and just let folks know, hey, I've started this new business. And oh, by the way, the process that we use to clean your house will also sanitize. So we started Amazing. reaching out to preschools elementary yes. schools, uh, hotels and, and apartment complexes that had common areas. Uh, they had meeting areas um, or office buildings. So that's how we started really kind of the pivot during that initial phase. Once we got out there and people started seeing that we had this process, then that pivot started giving us a little bit more exposure. But what really helped us was people were now stuck at home. Yeah. yeah. And they were looking around and saying, this is really dirty. Who can come in and clean this? Mm-hmm. So they're out there and they can't go to the store and ask or, you know, they can't go to Leslie's pool or anything. So now they start going online. And in the meantime, what I'm doing is I'm reaching out behind the scenes saying, here's a service that we can offer. And this is how we do it. Give me an opportunity, you know, give me three or four year clients and let me prove to you that we can do this. And that's how we started catching fire a little bit. Okay. So, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, how's the process been in this in the terms of growth? Like, so obviously, great start. Mm-hmm. What's been some of the obstacles you've had as you build and grow? I think the biggest competitor that I have is a lack of awareness. Mm. Oh, that's my biggest competitor. So people do not know that you can clean your roof, for example. The black mm-hmm. streaks and the nasty look that you see on a roof—that is organic growth. That's gliocapsa magma, which is a fancy word I for black it. algae. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Sounds scarier. I, right. I actually, black algae sounds scarier. I was, I'm like, could you please take whatever you just said off my roof? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah, a exactly. monster that's going to come in and, at night. And that same thing that's growing on your roof is growing on your pool decks, growing on the side of your house, typically on the north facing side of your house if you look at it now everybody's going to walk yeah. around oh, I'm look gonna at totally their house look. right yeah um, so all of that black and that green or that little yellow spots those are all organic growth that is destructive to the surface it's growing on because it's eating that material so I'm curious do you ever do ads of you talking in your face and like your enthusiasm for what you're doing I have not you need to <laughs> Because I, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm he- I'm seeing the excitement around it, and that I think is the true um, spirit of an entrepreneur who truly loves yeah. and has um, appreciation for their business is to go out there. I, I hands down, I'm like, you need to shoot some sort of video because you're making me excited about it. Yeah, like I'm like, oh, I know my deck looks like that mm-hmm. right now, and I know, you know, and it's a rental. 
you know, it would even be fun. We were joking about, I was like, I kind of want to go to work with someone or we can video it and you can kind of tell, but I could see yeah. that being a thing, right. you know, because if people don't know about it and that's your biggest challenge, yeah, you need to have some sort of video of talking about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what have you done or what are you doing to overcome that? Yeah. Because I, I mean, that's not, you're not going to be the first business to say that, like helping, you know, people understand what I do, why this is important. Yeah. So what has been your process so far? What's worked? Maybe what still needs to work better? Wow. How much time do we have? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, let me get my Three list. hours. Right. You've got three hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so what's worked well and that I also need to continue doing is finding uh, partners. Okay. Um, so I've got a couple of really, really strong partners. There is a company that does interior janitorial service. Mm. They do a lot of interior janitorial service for businesses, for the commercial side. And there are a lot of opportunities there of cleaning exterior. And I'll get back to that in just a second. So let's kind of park that because yeah. I have another discussion that I want to bring out. <laughs> Residential, my avatar are those uh, homeowners that are high net worth. So those are the folks that live in places like Bluffview, Preston Hollow, Park Cities, the gated communities in McKinney, Frisco, Prosper, uh, South Lake, West Lake. And the reason I say that is because, number one, they're a little more recession-proof than the rest of us are. And secondly, they value the need for ongoing maintenance. Mm -hmm. So some of those even um, go to a company and say, I don't have time to manage all of these landscapers and plumbers and roofers and exterior painters and interior design people. I need somebody to do that. So Aaron, will you do that for me? I'll pay you X amount of money per month to do that for me. So I'm partnering with those types of Is it of a house companies. manager? Is that the role that house you look for? House manager is one is called a prop, a concierge property manager. There's okay. a company here that <clears throat> that's what they really focus on. Yeah. Um, so that's really helped me a lot. Okay. So I can, they'll bring me in and say, come to this home and take a look at it. We need to have this house cleaned. The, the slate roof needs to be cleaned. We can't find anybody else. And the advantage that I bring is we do safety first. So we don't walk on the roof when we clean a roof. It's all done from the ground. Oh, so, so they don't have a liability. Don't have the liability issue. You don't have to worry about the roof being damaged or the underlayments being damaged or, you know, finding soft spots in the sheathing or anything. We do everything from the ground. So what we started doing is we started um, a new process for uh, high complex roofs and commercial buildings where we implement a drone. <gasps> so we have a cleaning drone. It's a commercial drone that's been customized for cleaning. Wow. It's five foot in diameter. Uh, it's connected up to our truck and we can go up to 110 feet. It's got a camera on it so we can see what we're cleaning. Um, you have to be FAA certified to pilot this, which I am. So we've gone through training and certification, but there's only one other company in Texas, but we're the only one in North Texas that does this. So we can leverage that on commercial as well as high-end residential complex cleaning. That's, Interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm truly fascinated by that. What, how much time did it take you to learn how to, to pilot it? Um, I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the complexities and the nuances with flying a drone and cleaning, because you have, first of all, you can't load any more than 55 pounds by FAA regulations. Yeah. So that is what dictates the uh, altitude that we can fly. 
Um, so we have a hose that's connected that goes back to the truck. So the engineers at the company that developed this for me said 110 feet is the tallest that you can fly this because of all of the weighting factors, the loading factors on oh. the drone itself. But then you have to start looking at the length of time that you can fly because of the battery life and um, wind, terrain, oh, yeah. you know, you've got trees around, you've got lights, wires, whatever. So you really have to spend a lot of time studying the area and taking that into consideration as well. Does the formula, because you, cause you're obviously, if you're cleaning houses and stuff, does the formula um, affect plants and trees and the pool, you know, pH? Like, does how does, sure. how does that work? So uh, the soaps and chemicals that we use are biodegradable. So in less than 21 days, they all break down into water and carbon, all of them. Uh, in the meantime, uh, they are uh, water-based also, so there's no solvents. So you don't have them sitting around and just kind of floating on top of your water, for example. Like if you see a little bit of grease or, mm -hmm. you know, turpentine, if you see it on water, it floats on the top. That's a solvent. Everything we use is water-based. So that's eco-friendly. And that's one of the things that we like to talk about is yeah. we are eco-friendly. Um, the other part of our eco-friendly and our steward to our environment is that our pumps are uh, electric-powered. So they are mm. powered by batteries. We have a bank of five Group 31 marine deep cycle batteries that run wow. all of our pumps. So wow. our drone is electric powered, obviously, and then um, all of our pumps are electric powered, except for our pressure wash pumps. Um, but going back to your question, Courtney, that you were asking about the impact of those soaps and chemicals, we do several processes to um, protect and mitigate any damage. Um, so first thing we do is we pre-wet any of the area that we are. We ask the client if they would run their sprinklers for 24 hour, in a 24-hour period prior to so that everything, the, the plants are already um, happy. They're not thirsty. They're not looking for... Oh, got it. Soak it up. Right. Yeah. Second thing is we go out there and pre-spray just to make sure. Third thing is we cover the... When we're cleaning a particular area, we will cover those plants, that vegetation. Um, if it cannot be covered, if it's a tall tree, for example, then while we're spraying the vertical surface or any runoff possibility, then we will um, wet down those plants and that landscape while we're doing the cleaning to help mitigate. And then the fourth thing, once we remove everything, then we have a product that's called plant wash and it's a neutralizer. So it not only neutralizes the soaps and chemicals that we put on the cleaned surface, but it also adds nutrients back to the plants and into the ground itself. Good God. Yeah, yes. definitely different than a power wash for sure. Yeah, <laughs> more thoughtful almost yeah. too. Mm. Well, I want to go back to the parked um, partnership with the, because okay. you said you had stuff to talk about there too, about growing right. and awareness. So where I'm really looking to grow now is on the commercial side. Yeah. So originally started on because the commercial side is very, very, very competitive because even you know, in the soft wash side or well, because the commercial side, what they think about are flat surfaces, driveways, drive throughs, parking lots, sidewalks, okay. that kind of stuff. Right. So um, that is not as specialized as what we bring with Patriot soft wash. So you, you can have this, what I call chucking a truck that's just gonna drive by and they can <laughs> undercut you with the pricing and you know they go to Lowe's and get a pressure washer yeah. and they can go to um, Lowe's and you know get this degreaser and slap it down there and power wash it and they're done. 
they're going to call me back again eventually because my process extends the cleaning by about three to four times. Wow. So, we're so able it's to cheaper, but it doesn't end up being Initially, cheaper. it's cheaper. Yeah. Right? But when you look at it over a period of time, you only bring me in once every 18 to 24 months where Chuck's going to come in every three months. So, but even like if I'm a in a business where, you know, we talked about the degreaser, maybe there's like a higher grease. You know, obviously at home, hopefully I don't have a, but like in that situation where we're out, I don't even know how that works, but like if you're outputting a lot or something, do you mm -hmm. have to come in more then or yes. does it still hold up? Well, it, it depends on what product you use yeah. and the process okay. that you use to apply it and clean. Mm -hmm. Because chucking a truck's not going to pay much attention to using a wand to try to remove yeah. a stain. In the meantime, what he's doing is he's tearing up your driveway or your sidewalk or your pool deck because he's trying to blast that away instead of yeah. treating it properly or saying, this is the best we're going to do without causing damage to yeah. your surface. Poor Chuck. He just doesn't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, but I like Chuck. <laughs> I like Chuck because Chuck brings me some business. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Chuck screws up enough. Right. <laughs> so how are you, like, how do you get over that then? How are you getting past those barriers of, you know, again, awareness? Is it just the partnerships or are you doing anything else? Part of it is the partnerships and the other part is just really proof. Going and establishing that relationship and showing and then working on a referral from that person that we have satisfi satisfied. So it's value is really what you're trying to bring. So yeah. instead of, you know, if you're price shopping, that's not my client. That's yeah. who I, not who I want because you're always going to find somebody that's going to be cheaper than me. But are they going to bring the value and the level of satisfaction that you're looking for? You can get that black algae off the Austin stone that's on the side of your $3 million home one time. Yeah. But in the meantime, the growth hasn't been killed. You're actually helping that growth because you're driving it deeper into a food source and you've caused damage at the same time. So wow. you want me to come out because when I go out there and clean it, my cleaning is going to last 18, 24, 36, maybe 48 months where Chuck's going to come in and he's going to blast it away. But that growth is going to come back in three or four months. Especially this time of the year, mm -hmm. when you have less sun and more moisture, you're going to start seeing a lot more of that growth. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of building a team, how many team members do you have? And then how do you go about hiring so that they, they um, are part of your core values? That's a good question. It's very <laughs> difficult right now to find people that do meet my values, my core yeah. values. So that's a, that's a great point. Um, so we have uh, two fully outfitted trucks right now, and each truck has two team members, a lead uh, technician and an assistant technician. Uh, then we have the drone, and the drone can connect to either one of those, and currently I'm the only one that flies the drone because yeah. of the training and the certification. And the cost right now, I don't trust myself, let alone having somebody else go and fly that drone. Yeah. Um, and then we also have a utility truck that we use for commercial work, and that can be one to four people. Very cool. So what we try to do is delineate um, between the residential and the commercial, because if I take a residential crew and I put them on commercial, they're actually gone for two days. You think about it, most of the commercial work has to be done after hours, so late at night, early in the morning. So that means the day before and the day of, that's two days that I lose that crew. So that's where we're delineating commercial versus residential. As far as trying to find people, that's the most difficult part, especially when people get paid more not to work right now than they do to work. <laughs> yes. It's very, very difficult. Um, and the job is not sitting behind a desk yeah. being nice and comfortable and, you know, 
nice uh, climate control home. where yeah. they can work from home and yeah. you know they can go walk their dog whenever they want to type of a job. Um, it's it's a tough job and during yeah. the summertime some of these guys you know they're out there and they're working from you know eight o'clock or seven thirty in the morning depending on where they're working until six or six thirty at night. Sometimes yeah. they're working a job, pack it up, go do another job, and just keep on working. So you got to find somebody that really enjoys being outside, but it's more than that because you have to have somebody. I, part of my culture is that you have to talk to the client while you're doing the work because you never know when they're going to pop out and start saying, well, what are you doing right there? Mm-hmm. And I need to have somebody that has that presentation and communication skill set that they can talk to a customer instead of just, you know, with a bunch of marbles in their mouth. Yeah. They need to be able to articulate what they're doing, the safety that they're doing, the process, and the advantage and the value to the client. And that's what I teach to my team. Mm, that's tricky. It's it very is. tricky. Yeah. So going into the 10KSB program, talk about kind of where you were and what the, 10, what the program helped with. So we were in um, year two, going into year three. So really, um, I was trying to figure out a way to split my company or at least have that separation that I talked about of the commercial versus the residential. So um, part of the 10 KSB is to go in and find a plan. What is your growth? Where are you going to accelerate your growth? Are you going to build your company out in a different direction? So originally I went in, okay, I'm going to build a residential and commercial. I'm going to have 60% residential, 40% commercial, and I need to help with that. Then I started thinking, what am I going to do with that? How am I going to grow that commercial side? And that's when I came across the drone, and I finally pivoted on that to say I need some help building, bringing technology. So all of oh, our presentations, I didn't know that. okay, because I didn't say it that <laughs> way. Yeah, okay. If you remember when I was talking about it, I was talking about bringing a new technology to grow the commercial side. Yeah, and it was about growing. Like I always, yeah. So yeah, that's really interesting. Keep going. Sorry. That's that's all right. So I purposely did not do that because I want to build the market. I want to be the market leader and not the le- the follower in yeah. using a drone for cleaning. And if I started, because I'm a kind of an analytical guy and I have to put my plans and do models and get affirmations. <laughs> so when I was trying to figure out, first of all, how am I going to afford this drone? Because it's you know a good five-figure investment. Wow. Uh, how am I going to play that out? How am I going to price it? Who's going to be my avatar? How am I going to have somebody help me? Because I can't hire a new team right now because the returns are not there to pay that team. Yeah. So that's why I kept talking about a new technology and new technology, building partnerships, um, bringing awareness. How do I expand my footprint instead of just being in the North Dallas area or you know the, the Park Cities, Preston Hollow area, where else can I bring this? So I really had to firmly define and be really tight on my budget and my marketing, uh, and that's what 10KSB really helped me with. I didn't announce it was going to be a drone until after graduation. I was going to say, I don't, I mean, I thought I paid attention pretty well, (laughs) and I'm like, was I not listening? Okay, I was listening. Yeah, you were. All right. What other? Um, So with with 10 KSB, um, when you were like assessing risk, what were um, some things that you considered risk then that maybe, um, and then what do you consider risks now? As far as my growth project goes or my company? About overall, the company. Um, I think it helped. It, it actually brought a 
higher level of awareness to financials that did not that Mm. I didn't have it before I thought that I had it locked in I had a business plan you know I was watching my P&L I'd been an executive and I'd managed multi-million dollar budgets and P&Ls before so I just really knew that I this was not going to be something I needed to worry about problem is operationally financially that's not my bailiwick so I recognize number one I've got to bring somebody in that's Mm -hmm. completely knowledgeable and can be strong enough to stand up and say, you may own the company, but you're going to not own the company in X period if you don't change this or mm, that. Yeah. So that's one thing. And the second thing is um, Deb really, Deb Pervin really helped me understand yeah. that you need to follow, you need to understand where the health of your company is. A yeah. P&L does not show you the health of your company. You have all of these tools, metrics, and measurements, and there's leading measurements that Josh talked about and lagging measurements, and those two are not the same. And really having Josh talk about, is that a leading or a lagging indicator? How is that going to help you grow? Where are you going to change the direction that you're going to go? Because by the time you see this measurement, it's too late. Yeah. You, need to me- you need to put some other indicators before that. And really understanding how a balance sheet is what's going to show you the health of your business today instead of being a back-looking with a P&L. Yeah. And, and did you um, have an exit strategy in the beginning, and then it, did it change towards the end? Yes. Yeah. yeah, exit strategy for me was going to be I'm going to continue building a bunch of branches, mm-hmm. and then I'm just going to have um, just the ongoing revenue from those branches. Um Two things happened. Number one, it didn't grow the way that I wanted it to grow because I had this grown out in, in a five-year plan and I was going to be a multi-million dollar company in five years. This year changed all of that. Mm-hmm. So having 10 KSB and the network is helping me stay sane because it didn't grow the same way because year two was double year one. Actually, it was two, 2.3 times wow. year one and year two. And then I went into year three and the, the reason I equate it is because now, you know, everybody, all the shackles were removed, masks came off, people can now go to Disney World, can travel on cruises. They're not staying at home looking at their dirty houses yeah. or spending that money to have me come in and do reno work or, uh, you know, partnering with big custom home builders that are expanding their homes. Yeah. That work is being put on hold because people are done being stuck at home and they're out. Yeah. So having 10 KSB network and experts to be able to pick up the phone and and call somebody and say julie what do i do josh i need some help here kim what's going on Um, that is really what helps and then be able to talk to our cohort members and and tap into their networks is really important yeah that's one of the reasons why i wanted to do this too is because just opening the doors for each other because that's what was done for me and if there's ways to do it for other people I'm like yeah I'm, I'm totally excited for this right. and to you know, yeah. hear, hear real stories because it's not always easy it can be um, an emotional roller coaster by the hour oh yeah <laughs> yeah there's a book that that I've um, I'm big on audible um, yeah and the um, entrepreneur roller coaster if you have not oh. read or is that Hardy them. Darren Hardy yeah okay yeah I've read that one about three times yeah no it's one of those you have to repeat that's the problem i'm getting to my old age is that like there's great books and then i like forget them and i'm like i think i read that it's so it's like i have all these books that then i have to keep reviewing the old books and starting new books it's like it never ends i know (laughs) i'm the same way yeah i always have to go back i know 
You want to do rapid fire? Yes, All I right, do. All right, so course. rapid fire time. Um, I got to do a cool music. I know. Or just Can use just my soundbite. <laughs> uh, what's like your favorite beverage? Bourbon. Ooh, which one? Like what brand? Blanton's. All right. Uh, are they out of Colorado? No. They're out of Kentucky. Oh, oh okay. Scratch, Oof. I said that okay. <laughs> Rack and there goes our chance of getting sponsored by them, just say. <laughs> like, thanks, Courtney. Um, what's Obviously, the... you're not a murder Well, I think I'm thinking, is Stranahan? Sorry, my mom gifted us something. It was from Colorado. I can see the bottle. It had a metal cap that was also a shot glass. Anyways, oh, moving cup. on. That's tin cup. No, oh, it was something. That's something different. Yeah. I, oh, okay. Now, I'm, now my husband's going to totally be like, why did you even say that? You'll have to edit this now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please cut that. Um, best advice you've ever been given? Uh, oh, boy. I've got a, um, a strength coach that she's really working with me right now on this one. Consider your, uh, a line in front of you. On the far left-hand side is your past. Far right-hand side is the future, and right in the middle is the present. If you live in the past, it's going to constantly bring up guilt. If you live in the future, it's going to bring anxiety. So you got to live in the present mm. and deal with it today. I love that I so love much. That. Yeah. yeah, it resonates with me. Easier today. said than done, but I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm getting better at it. I got that book that um, Christine recommended. Oh, yeah. I'm stoked on it. Anyways, look. The obstacles away? Is that the one you got? It's like a, well, she actually sent it to me. Thank you, Christine. Um, And it has like their little paragraphs. Okay. And you can just make thumb through and just read one. It's Mm. like a a breath of fresh air. Um, (laughs) If you could have dinner with anyone. Mm. Probably Elon Musk. Yeah. It's kind of my thing. I like Elon yeah. because um, he's got thoughts that are out there, mm-hmm. but he then brings people around him to make them happen. It's not just him. Mm-mm. You know, he, he's seen as an kind of a e- egocentric kind of a person, but I don't see him that way. I mean, who else would sleep on his office floor just to make sure that, you know, the production line is still working? Yeah. Um, you know, when they were having a big time production problems of the Tesla early on the stage. And he doesn't think linear. Everything, it, there's got to be some kind of relationship. Yeah. What's a different direction that I can take? I mean, the, the, the boring company that he has, <laughs> people forget about that one. Yep. SpaceX, that's a huge, My, huge risk that yeah. he took. And what he's doing in the satellite to help the underprivileged company or countries or like um, yeah. with Ukraine and making sure that they have internet, not to mention all the fights that he's had to go through with Tesla. So I just really like to pick his brain for a while. I want his confidence. I'll take like oh, 50% of his yeah, confidence. no kidding. <laughs> I, so we um, did an event at uh, Tesla SpaceX headquarters. My daughter was four months old. I begged, like, Dad, please come, because I want Elon to hold Adler. And he's like, okay, so my, we had future astronaut. She had a little onesie on. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those moments, right, like you get photographed with the president. You could become the president one day, right. that feeling. Right. He, They were shooting a rocket off that day, so unfortunately he wasn't there. But just the presence of their staff, the women who were creating the spacesuits, the, it was it's yeah. a whole nother level. Anyways, right. okay, going on. Um, your morning routine. Uh. First thing I have to do is let the dogs out. Yeah. 
I know that one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, last weekend was fun for all of us dog and infant owners. Or owners, I guess you don't own an infant. They own you. But, um, Technically, you own them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's... The ownership starts going off the older they get. Yeah, so, you know, going back into uh, going out of daylight savings time was, oh, yeah. was oh, yeah. fun because instead of getting up at 5.30, it was 4.30. And just trying to get them to understand, you know, go back to sleep. Daddy's sleepy. Still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the first thing I do is, is let them out while they're out. Then I feed them um, and then grab a cup of coffee and got to grab a cup of coffee. And typically then I go um, outside and sit on my porch unless it's pouring down rain like it was this morning or earlier this week. And I have a time that's called Two Chairs. And a friend of mine, Bob Bodine, wrote this book called Two Chairs. And it's an idea that came from his mother. And <clears throat> when he was running into some problems, Bob Bodine is just fabulous. He wrote the book called The Power of Who. Mm. So you may have heard of that book. And if you have not read that, you need to. It says, you know all the people that you need to know for the rest of your life right now. You tap into those and they will t guide you to other people that are connected. That's the premise of the book. So Two Chairs is about having a conversation with God. And most of us that are spiritual um, or we have a conversation, we, we, we have a list of things that we put at the feet of God and, um, and we say, I need for you to help me with this. Why aren't you there? You need to take care of this. Um, so instead of presenting demands, you should sit down and have a conversation. So conversation means two-way. So you say, you know, hey, I'm really struggling with this, God. What do I need to do? And then be quiet and just listen. And the conversation may not occur at that particular time, but it might come later on. Mm -hmm. But that gives you the opportunity to open the conversation with God so that you can then get direction by his grace. I really love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, top bu bucket list item. I want to stop working at 65. You know, all of my retirement... It, I, I have no retirement. I have no savings. I have no 401k that, you know, I should have at my age of 61. Um, and so as a result, I don't get time. I don't get to spend time with my grandkids. I've got mm. three grandbabies in Mississippi and my son and daughter-in-law are going to have a baby in December, but I'm too busy working. So I need to build this company to the point where in three to four years, I'm done working and I can spend time, take care of myself and mm -hmm. take care of my kids. I love, it. love that. Um, and a guilty pleasure. Can I go back to my bourbon again? Yes, you may. <laughs> Absolutely. Go full circle. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, Jim, thank you so much for this. I truly yeah. appreciate it. If somebody wanted more information, where's the best place for them to find you? Go to my website, uh, TX like Texas, PatriotSoftWash.com. Um, I have a YouTube page that I'm starting to stand up and we'll start seeing more videos. Good. Good. Uh, and there's a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter page, and LinkedIn. So awesome. I'm on all social media also. All right. Awesome. We'll have that a link linked in our show notes. So, Jim, thank you so much yeah, again. Thank oh, thank you. you for having me. I appreciate it. I want to talk to people about soft washing. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yep. Yeah.